You know, people, people don't understand this, that Christ is coming back for a glorious church and a victorious church. And, and, and they, the devil hates people with destiny. Okay, I'm going to preach to the right people. If there's destiny in your life, Satan hates you. And, and you know what? He will try to take you out and do whatever. But, but thank God that if God has called you, no weapon formed against you will ever be able to prosper. No tongue that rises up against you will any have any effect over your life. Listen, they can have witches against you. They can, they can go and see some gomas against you. And when you are under the blood, nothing can come against you. And you better hear me right now. I, I feel it so stirred up in my spirit to tell people that you will not die young. That's a lie of the devil. He is not a creator. He cannot tell you when are you going. That's on God's calendar. God decides. Come on, he's the author of life. He's somebody in this place. Shout hallelujah if you're with me. So the times that we're living in, I believe spiritually, there's a spiritual climax coming to the body of Christ. And I believe and I stand on this, the two things is about to happen before the church are being raptured. There will be an outpour of the Holy Spirit. I didn't even knew this. God is my witness. I, uh, the other day, the Lord spoke to me in regards uh, into the United, about the United States, what's happening there. And I saw turmoil in the streets of the United States. And I heard the Spirit of God say to me, this is just a build up to what's coming. There's a revival breaking out even as I speak. So I, I said it on Facebook. I didn't even knew what was happening now. I spoke to a, a, a preacher the other night from America and he, he was on, on the phone. And do you know what he said? He said, at this moment, a revival broke loose in America. That they say thousands are running in the streets to get saved. And the Lord showed me that. I think it was about three weeks or a month ago, four weeks ago. I said it on Facebook. I didn't know about what's happening now. A month after that, he said thousands are running in the streets to get saved by the power of God. Why is this happening? Because Jesus Christ is coming back for a glorious church. A church that is not sitting on the fence, but a church that is on fire. Not a backslidden church, not a lukewarm church, a church on fire with zeal and passion. For the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think what I want to do is I want to ask people to book again. Because if you tell people you have to book this limited seats, people flock to church. When people know church are open, they, they now they select when they want to go to church. I've got bad news for you. If you go to his house once a month, you're going to have the same problem in heaven. You're going to go to, you're going to, go to the Holy of, or, or, or let me rather to New Jerusalem once a year. Oh Lord, bless me, but you don't want to pay a price. Oh Lord, use me, but you don't want to pay a price. Oh, I don't have to go to church. I am the church. You're worse than an infidel. Jesus Christ, He created the church. He established the church. Hallelujah. Oh, I know it's, it's getting hot in here, but do you know what? I believe one thing. I believe that the church has become so lukewarm that we don't even know who's lukewarm anymore. You know, the problem is, people of God, you need to understand, a lot of people want to get God in here. Oh, 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 let me rephrase that. A lot of people want to get God in here, but they want to get Him in here. Let me say that one more time. A lot of people want to get God in here, but they don't want to get God in here. God cannot be reasoned. He can only be revealed. This is why a lot of people don't experience the Holy of Holies. This is why a lot of people don't experience Him. You know, I believe that one of the things that God has called me to do for the body of Christ is read that name on the board quickly. To make Him more real than life itself. And you know what? You can only give people what you have. And He is more real than the suit that's on my back this morning. And I believe that He has called me in this hour. To bring the church back, not to reasoning, but to a revelation of who this Jesus is. Because if you understand this, he's more real than, than life itself. He's, he's a personal God. If there's one thing that I did, I want to I speak out of my heart this morning. If, if you walk with God, you will understand that God is a mover. God never sits. People think God is sitting. God's not sitting. God is moving. 
People think that God sits. Listen, even when you ran away from God, even the days that you didn't knew Him, God was moving. Hear me right now. The times that you were filled with sin and iniquity, God was still moving on your behalf. And God is not, you better hear me this morning. God is not sitting with the sitters. He's moving with the movers. A lot of people sit while God is already moving. He's moving in this hour more than ever before. He's a moving God. Shout with me. He's a moving God. God does not reveal power to those who are sitting. He reveals His power to those who are seeking. The church have to come to a place where we seek the Lord with all of our hearts, with all of our might, and with all of our understanding. You better hear me right now. I've said this many times. There's a warning for the church. The church must get to a place of prayer where they pray like never. They, listen, we, 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 we prolong the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of people say, well, we don't know the day and the hour. Let me tell you, when a church, a remnant cries out and pray in one accord together, I believe with all of my heart, faith moves Jesus and he will move and he will get us. And this is not escapism. This is prophecy. If, if the rapture is escapism, then, then salvation is escapism to sin. It's nothing to do with escapism. The Bible says when I was born again, I received, I've got dual citizenship, by the way. I'm a citizen of this earth, unfortunately, and I'm a citizen in heaven. When I gave my life to Christ, he said, I, I received citizenship in heaven. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. But the hour that we are living in, God wants to be real to his people. Is somebody getting this? I want you to tell your neighbor quickly. This is holy ground. Tell the neighbor that you really like. This is holy ground. Oh, I feel him. Can't you, can you feel him in this place? So God is not a, a sitting God. God is a moving God. And he moves with power. And here's the thing. People want to see God's power, but the, our problem is we are sitting and waiting for the Lord. Listen, I want, to, I want to just quickly, can I just talk from my heart quickly? I believe that the presence of the Lord is going to touch the lives of many today. But the, a lot of people have this mentality that you wake up in the morning and then, you know, I have to say it in Afrikaans, or it's not still to date. And then it's doctrinated in our minds that when the food comes, we pray quickly. And that's sometimes the only times when people praise when the food comes. Now I understand that the Bible says whatsoever you pray over shall be sanctified and holy. And this is why I eat pork. <laughs> Nothing like a pork rib. It's not what comes in that defiles. It's what goes out that defiles. And by the way, just free of charge, he says anything that's in the butchery you can eat. That's what the Bible teaches. And when I pray over it, it's sanctified. But basically, there was a legion of demons that, that went in. Listen, I don't care. That, that, that pig is already dead. Hey? Imagine that. Demons also like bacon. And the Christians are too afraid for bacon. But in any case, so, so we, 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 we come to a place in our lives where we have this dogma that God is sitting on a throne I want to say this and I, I think a lot of people are going to get up and walk today I was praying a Saturday here many months ago maybe a year ago I was praying on a Saturday evening I was praying here and I saw this as clear as that I saw Jesus sitting at the table with a cup of coffee that's what I saw and I heard him say to me this is what I want for you I want fellowship every single day now there's a scripture I quoted last week where God was walking in the garden of Eden and he said, Adam, where are you? Now there was a specific time that Adam and God met every single day. Not God in heaven and Adam on earth, no, jointly together, speaking as a man speaks to his friend. That's how intertwined they were with one another. Do you know that God just loves you sitting and telling him how your day was? Not, Lord, I need this, I need this, I need this. Lord Jesus, this is how my day was. How was your day? Obviously, we can't do that. It's because you want to reason him. He can't be reasoned. He's revealed. And the Bible says it's the Holy Spirit that reveals him to us. 
The reason why Jesus is so real to me is because of revelation through the Holy Spirit that made him real. Now, reason will tell you that God is far away. And, you know, let me just say this to you. What religion uh, does is we will sing a song and say, do you think God loves this song? Let's just wait on him. Come, lift your hands as we wait on him. But he was walking in a garden and said, Adam, where are you? This means God was already waiting. People don't believe the lie. He's a personal God. Waiting now, here's the thing. In the Garden of Eden, it was holy ground. I don't care what your doctrine says, but I believe with all of my heart when I do the garden, that's holy ground. Why? Because I'm never alone. He's there. When I'm sitting behind my desk, He's there. It is holy ground. When I stand in the shower, it is holy ground. Hallelujah. When I'm walking through a desert, it is holy ground. When I face a covert, there's holy ground. Why? Christ in me, the hope of glory. Think about this. The angels of God, they don't even have the name of Jesus in them. They have the name of God on them, but I have his name in me. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So people have this mentality. No, this is a certain way I have to sing and clap. No, God is personal. This is why worship is only worship once it has been revealed to you what you sing. You can say holy, holy, holy until you are pink in the face. Until there's a revelation of the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, when there's a revelation of His holiness, we don't stand like this. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. No, when you have a revelation, you are face down on your face and say, this is a holy God. Listen, I have no idea how people can worship sitting down. I have no idea. Well, my back is hurt. Your back will be hurt until Jesus returns. It's a holy God. There must be holy reverence. The reason why people, most people, don't experience Him is because there's no more holy hunger. When there's a holy hunger, God is not moving with the sitters. He's moving with the movers. Wave at me if you hear me. God reveals His power not to the sitters, but to the seekers. Here's a Samaritan woman who said to the Lord Jesus, not even, she's not even a Jew. Lord, give us some of that word. Oh, give us some of that presence. Give us some of that power. He said it's not good to throw the bread to the dogs. By the way, he called her a dog. Most people today, if, you, if they call you a dog, they get up and walk. But this woman responded by faith. She said, Lord, even the dogs are happy with the crumbs. If we can just have the crumbs. Why? Because, Lord, there's a hunger in us that cannot be sustained by this world. Let me tell you, when God has touched you, He gives you a fire that makes you hate the things of this world. Oh, no, you didn't get this one. This is why, I don't know why people say sin is, it's, you know, the love of sin. Well, how can you love sin? The only people that love sin is people that has never met the Lord. This woman said, Lord, we are happy with the crumbs. Why? Because the steaks that we eat is not sufficient. We need the bread of life, Lord, even if it means just the crumbs of the bread of life. So that we can eat and eat and be satisfied forevermore. The body of Christ needs to come to a place of realization where we do not do this on a Sunday because tradition teaches us to go to church on a Sunday. But we can come together in one accord as the book of Acts did. The Bible says they were filled with joy continuously. Filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Now I want to say something to you. I thought to myself, why did God require blood? Why a blood sacrifice? I, 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 was, I was checking into this. that If you, if you look at, at blood in your, in your body today, blood supplies oxygen to your brain. It supplies oxygen to, to your lungs. It even helps your organs. Without blood, your organs is failing. Your brain is not functioning, so it means you, you become brain dead. In other words, medically, blood keeps the whole body, the whole system in check, healthy. So Adam was born with blood, blood that gave oxygen. Because you have to understand, he lived on a world, on a planet where he needed oxygen. So the blood supplies the oxygen. And here's the problem, when, when Adam sinned, 
the Bible says this, God said to him, now you will surely die. He didn't die immediately. What God was saying, Adam, you were not created to die ever. You're supposed to live forever and forever and forever and you're not even going to age. But because you have sinned, now you will surely die. There's two deaths. A spiritual death, meaning that there's now enmity between you and God. You will die a spiritual death. Number two, now there will be days to your life. In other words, there's a certain age that you can get and then die. So a lot of people today believe 80 is the age, then you're done. That's, that, that, was for, that was for the Israelites in Egypt. That's not for us. God says, my spirit will strive for man 120 years. We can live 120 years old before. And when you live 120 years old, not crooked, not, not bended, come on, not sick, not defeated, but in the strength of the Holy Spirit. So Vesel, why don't all, all the people that's 90, why don't they walk up straight? Because they don't believe it. You have to believe it to receive it. You have to walk in the fullness of God's Spirit. This is why you better tell hell today, I'm going to get 120 years old and I will walk up straight. My eyes will be like I am 40. Do you know what I do? This is why I believe why the devil attacks me so much. Almost every day, I will say, Father, I want to tell you, my heart is praising you today. My lungs are shouting for joy. Oh Lord, I want to tell you, the blood flowing through my veins worship you today. I do it almost every day. And then the enemy wants to bring a symptom. And so what you do is you put your eyes on the symptom and not on God. And we're supposed to put our eyes on, ho on him. And, and, and oh, come on. And be anxious about nothing. But Christ Jesus and him crucified. Come on, shout hallelujah with me. So because Adam has, has sinned, now God said, now in order for you to live, the first thing that God did in, 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 in the Garden of Eden, he made Adam to sleep and he made a sacrifice. Did you know that God killed an animal and he had to make a sacrifice? Because for one, one person to live, it means somebody else had to die. And if you study an animal, an animal do not have sin. I promise you that lion that has snuck up and grabbed the, the zebra, and killed him, he's not going to hell. He's not a sinner. He's, ne he's not going to heaven either. <sighs> I'm going to get people angry. My own can able to. Well, the Bible says the dog goes downwards while your spirit goes upwards. So a dog disappears. It, it doesn't exist. Okay, it's very quiet again. Well, why would there be animals in heaven? Yes, the ones God created in heaven from the beginning of time. Okay, thank God your animals don't, don't go to hell. Imagine that bulldog. He gaat straight out to. Okay, in any case. So God allowed blood to be shed so that one can die, so the other one can live. But here's the thing. God knew that the blood of bulls and goats will not be sufficient. Because sin has drawn a line between me and the Father. Now I am an enemy of God. Now I don't have what the original plan was. The original plan was for me to sit and commune with Him every single day. Not to, to think about Him as a God far away in heaven, but a moving God. Come on, walking in the garden. Adam, where are you? Amen. Is somebody listening to me? And now God said, all right, now we're going to have to, you have to do, make sacrifices. And because of different types of sin, there was different, different ty types of sacrifices. They, they used different kinds of animals. This is even with, with the ark. A lot of people think there was two, two animals in the ark. No, it's certain animals, they took seven pairs in. Why? For certain animals, they used as a sacrifice unto a living God. But God says, later on, He says, the blood of bulls and goats will not be sufficient for the remission of sin. It can only cover it, but it cannot wash it away. Why is that? It's because the blood of an animal cannot, cannot destroy the power of sin over the human. This is why God said, the only way I'm going to get this right is if, if I become man. Die on that cross because He was sinless. So I will put my life on the line and so that they can live. Because the Bible teaches us this in Leviticus and Genesis chapter 9, that the life is in the blood of a man. Come on, am I speaking to somebody? When Jesus died on the cross, it was no longer enmity between me and the Father. Now there's friendship. Why does people treat him like a stepfather? 
Come on, I'm asking you the question. Why are so many people treating Father God as a stepfather? We don't want to speak to Him. We, we, we don't have a revelation. Sometimes people just run to Him when they need something from Him. But there's no revelation. There's no hunger. There's no zeal. Let me tell you today, there's only one way that God can touch you and set you on fire so you can hate the things of this world is to have a holy hunger a desire after him and hunger does not come the way you think it comes there must be such a desperation that you say Lord I can't even you know what it might sound stupid to you that's fine I know what it is to feel like you're going through a spiritual depression because nothing satisfies you anymore you have reached a peak with God but it's no longer good enough because you know this more and more and more into Him. But God is asking us, where are we? I want you to look at the following scripture. The book of Exodus. I want to quickly explain something to you. Before I'm going to read this. Before you were created. Hear me. Before you, yes, Holy Spirit. Let me just say this quickly. The devil is a copycat. God said, sacrifice. Take an animal to sacrifice. How many of you know that Satan does the same thing? They kill cats and birds and make a sacrifice. Why? Because Satan is a copycat. But what Satan can't do, Satan can't die on a cross. Satan cannot pay for the remission of the sin. He's just a copycat. So what they do is they, they give sacrifices. What we do is we thank God. For the all-sufficient sacrifice that has shed His blood once and for all. So that all who believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Satan hates it because God created you before He created you. He has gave you a name. He knew about your existence. He knew you before your mother even knew she's going to conceive you. You already, already knew how you're going to look. Isn't that marvelous? Yes, the, the, this is what the, the powerful thing is, people. The scripture says, you have knitted me together in the secret. In other words, if that's where I was created, in the secret place, it means the secret place sustains me. I have to live in the secret place. I have to walk in the secret place. I have to eat from the secret place because this is where I was knitted together. And in the secret place is the way the Bible says that you, you cannot be found. You are hidden in Christ. Am I speaking to the right crowd? Remember, my job is to make Jesus real to you this morning. All right, so I want, you to exp I want to explain this to you. So Satan knows exactly. This is the thing. God is a relational God, but a generational God. Okay, let me explain that to you. God never blesses a dad without remembering his children. Oh, I like that one. God, when God starts something on a generation, it goes on to the next, and to the next, and to the next, and to the next. And you know what the devil does? Satan hates generations. Satan wants to kill a generation. Now, here's a generation. The Bible speaks about uh, Moses, and he speaks about the Israelites. And if you, if you understand this, that Pharaoh hated Israel, hated God's people. And he said, you know what? They just prosper. So what we're going to do is we are going to kill all the sons. Any woman that gets a son at birth, we kill that boy. Because the devil knows that a generation starts with a father. This is why most people that's in prison today, 98% fact is fatherless. Because Satan attacks a generation and makes them, and, and you better hear me, Satan seeks the womb. When a generation, before that generation is born, Satan will come to that womb of that woman. This is why certain people don't even want the baby. What does the devil do? He searches the womb and brings rejection even before that child was born. Or a father that says, that's not my child, or I don't want that, I don't want that baby. It's rejection. So what does the devil do? The devil focuses on generations. Because if he can stop a generation, he stops a moving God. Because God uses people. Come on, to walk in power. 
Shout hallelujah if you're with me. So, hell is always searching the womb. Why do you think there's so many abortions happening today? Babies being killed before they were even created or even born. Because Satan, hell, is always looking for the womb. Satan hates people with a destiny. All hell will always fight you. When there's a destiny on the inside of you from this age, Satan will attack you. Hell will be against you, try to kill you, try to destroy you. I don't know how many times I had to be dead, but thank God because God has called me. No hell can stop it. I'm speaking to people that's sitting in this place. There's more than just a nine to five job for you. I'm going to speak to you on this side. So many people think that you were created just to go to work, 9 to 5 or 8 to 5 as it is here. 8 to 5 and then get older and get a small pension and then just die. There's more to that. There's a destiny in you. Come on, God has created you with more than that. With a purpose. You have a purpose, sir. The reason why you are sitting here under the sound of my voice is because God says there's a destiny that I have planted in you when I have knitted you together. And come on, I prophesy as a man of God in this place. No hell will stop what God has started in you. No hell will stop it. No hell will stop the destiny that God has placed in you. You are standing on holy ground. Come on, if I'm speaking to the right crowd, I want you to do me a favor. Jump to your feet and give Jesus 30 seconds of crazy praise in this place. Say, I have a destiny, I have a purpose. Hallelujah. So there's more than just that nine to five. There's more than just existing. There's more than just being a mommy. Woman, you don't just live for your children. There's more to life than then just God has placed a purpose and a destiny in you. The reason why you are sitting here is because I'm just here to stir up that dream in you. It's not dead, it's just asleep. There's more in you. I want to ask the honest people to lift your hand. How many people say that hell has been raging against me? Lift your hand. Every single time God has placed destiny in you, hell will rage against you. That's a sign that God has called you to greater things. If the enemy is not attacking you, you have to ask yourself the question, what am I doing wrong? When you're under attack, you better know that you have just been promoted and you are next in line. And here's Moses. His destiny... God had a destiny for Moses. But before he was even born, Pharaoh said, we're going to kill every single boy. And I want you to hear me. When, when Moses was born, before I'm going to read the scripture. When Moses was born, the Bible says his mother has hid him for three months. So for three months in her own house, she had to hide this baby. Why? Because hell was after Moses. Demons of hell was torturing the life of Moses. Why? Because God said, I am going to break or I'm going to create a man that will lead captivity or those in captive into freedom. I'm going to send him out to Israel or to Egypt and make my people to go. What does hell say? We're going to stop him with everything that we've got. Come on, I'm speaking to you. There's not enough money for your dream. Oh, it's not going to happen. Your business is falling apart. God says there's a destiny in you. No hell can stop it. You know, you think that God has brought you this far to turn his back on you and to walk away? If God has brought you a glimpse of a miracle, he will sustain the miracle. He will take care of it. Come on, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I'm telling somebody in this place. Hell will not stop the destiny that God has for you. Even if people don't agree with you. Hear me quickly. Even if they don't get your, even if they don't even promote you, don't wait for people's promotion. Promotion comes from God. Come on, there's destiny in you. I'm speaking to destiny in you. There's a purpose in you. Basically, I'm too old. You are not too old. 
Are you 120 years old? Not yet. So you still have plenty time to do what God has created you to do. Come on, shout yes. So for three months, his mom has hit him. Now you think about this. I'm just thinking about this. He was in his mother's womb for nine months. Came out of her womb, again into hiding, which was another womb. Every single womb has birth pains. Let me say this to you. Yes, my God, I feel the spirit. Before you give born, uh, you give birth, sorry, there's, trans- there's, there's, there's pains. You feel it. Come on, Frau, man's kick me in the There's birthing pains. Why is it birth pains? Because it's a sign of new life. It's a sign that something is about to come. Hallelujah. A miracle in the making. So the baby came out after the birth pains. Here's Moses. Now she had to hit him in her house for three months. Why? Because hell is after him. Hell wants to stop the destiny that God has for him. Come on, I'm, I'm talking to you. I'm getting somewhere right now. You'll hear this. And so she hit him, which was another womb, a place of protection. Every time in a womb before they give birth, there's pains. After three months, she couldn't hide the baby no more. He was becoming too big. And what does she do? She, she placed him, the scripture says, in a small ark and placed him on the waters. And she tried to hide him um, behind the reeds of the river. And here's the scripture. His sister saw what, what she was doing. And she w- walked towards the, this baby Moses. And she picked him up. And she turned to Pharaoh's daughter. And she says, look at this child. And you know what? Favor. Hell said, I'm going to kill him. God says, I'm going to use your enemies to promote you. Come on, hell says, we're going to take him out. God says, I've got a destiny for him. And I will use his enemies to feed him, to take care of him. Come on, he will not go down. This is why you have to have enemies in whose presence will God bless you. He says, I bless you in the presence of your enemies. Oh, he prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. In other words, my enemies is not dining with me. They just see the blessing of God. My cup overfloweth. I said, my cup overfloweth. Enemies is a sign that God has prepared a table for you. Where's my table, Lord? The Bible says now, Pharaoh's daughter says, we're going to take care of him. And this is the powerful thing. She says, go and, go and get me a, a Jewish woman to take care of this baby. What she didn't know was the Jewish woman was Moses' real mother. It didn't, doesn't stop here. She says, I'll even give you wages to take care of this baby. I'll even pay you to take care of your own. So God wasn't, God wasn't just giving her child back. He was also supplying the money of the unjust that will sustain the just. Wow. And if God did that under the law, how much more can he do it for me and for you today? The money of the unjust is laid up for the just. Oh, are you getting this? I said, are you getting this? Hell said, we're going to kill that boy. And do you know what God said? Oh no, I'm going to hide him again under the enemy's nose. You know, Satan is so stupid. You give him more power than what he is supposed to get. He did it with Jesus too. Satan fought the cross. Was his idea. Very quiet in this place. Satan thought the cross was his idea. He thought if I get Jesus to the cross, I kill him. But God says, I am the author. If I get him to the cross, there's salvation for all sin. For the blood speaks for you. And it's crying out from the earth. Hallelujah. I'm going to kill him. Now you're not. I'm going to use the enemies. In other words, God hid him in the enemy's camp. This happens when you are hidden. Justin, come here quickly. Stand here next to me. Face the people. This is what happens when you're hidden in Christ. God, uh, the Satan does this. Where's Justin? 
Where's that guy? Wow. God hid him under the enemy's nose. Thank you. That's what happens when you're hidden. I don't think you got in this. Moses was supposed to be dead. God says, no, 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 no. I'm going to hide him under your nose. And by the way, you're going to feed him. You're going to take care of him. You're going to treat him as royalty. He's not just any man now. Now he's adopted. Oh, come on, come on now. Now he's adopted. Now he's, he's Pharaoh's daughter's son. In other words, he's the grandson to the king. He's adopted. He's adopted. We are no longer part of the curse of the law. I said, we are no longer part of the curse of the law. We have been delivered from the curse of the law so that the blessing of Abraham can come up the Gentiles. We are adopted. I said, we are adopted. I'm not, I'm not the son of the daughter's king. I am the son of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm adopted. Shout yes. I'm adopted. When you're adopted, it means he takes care of all your expense. Yeah, I wish I had more time. This is why people still pray about need. Lord, I need clothes. I need food. He says, don't ask for the need. I know what you need before you ask. Why? The king always knows what you need. It's his responsibility to take care of you. Your responsibility is to seek him, his kingdom, his righteousness, and the other Things shall be added unto you. What things? The things that you desire. Do you see what car he's driving? Of course, you have sought. A seeker will always be blessed. God will always take seekers to the top. Hallelujah. So, I, I, I feel like I have to buy this CD myself. Let me. The other night, Eileen and myself, we were listening to a. Um, a podcast message of, of me, so I've, I've listened to, and I've listened to, I said to her, get the wallet, get my wallet. She says, why? I said, I need to sow a seed. I need to sow here. <laughs> Imagine you preach in such a way when you sow to yourself, but in any case. So you get my wallet, something stirs me to give. Hallelujah. Listen, so the Bible says he was hidden again into another womb for 40 years out of one womb into another for 40 years he was hidden but here's what God was doing God was using the enemy to take care you know I, I, I throw it out prophetic words to people they don't even catch it God used the enemies to take care of his own for 40 years Moses didn't have an expense the enemy had to pay Come on, Satan has to repay sevenfold. Every time he has scored out, he must repay sevenfold. Somebody in this house better hear me. Sevenfold. Sevenfold of joy that has been taken from you. The enemy must, I said must repay for the houses that you've lost. He must repay sevenfold. You, you better not sit here under con condemnation and saying, I'm unworthy to have this blessing. No, the enemy better repay sevenfold of what he has taken from you. You will not drive that beaten down car. He must repay sevenfold. And it will be on the expense of the devil. Shout hallelujah. This is why God's not asking you to pay for it. God is asking you to believe for it. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Holy Spirit will raise up a standard against him. Sevenfold. Shout sevenfold. I need a bunch of crazy people this morning that will say, this is the hour that I'll take back sevenfold my joy, my peace, come on, my happiness, my, my, come on, I take back my authority, I take back my power, I take back my ministry, I take back my marriage, I take back my children, in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe that, you better jump to your feet, run a bit, get out of that seat, and say sevenfold in the name of Jesus. Sevenfold. You think that your family is going down? God has placed destiny in your family. I said your marriage is not going down. You were birthed with destiny. 
Let hell hear me. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. In the name of Jesus. Come on, shackles. Be broken by the power of God. Whoa. Can you feel that something is changing in the atmosphere? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take your seat just for a second. 40 years. The Bible says now he saw an Egyptian kill his own. Or busy in a fight. He became so angry. He ran to that Egyptian. He killed him. Digged him into the sand. Buried him. The next day when he saw two people fighting, he was walking to them and said, hey, don't fight. And they said, who are you to talk? You've just killed an Egyptian. Long story short, Pharaoh heard about it. And here is Moses having to run. Now hear me. God placed him in Egypt the first time for one thing. Destiny. Lord, why are we created? Destiny. Purpose. Placed him in Egypt at the first time to get Israel out. And while I, while I lift you up to that place, I make sure to take care of you. And then you're going to get my people out. But because of Moses' anger, he had anger issues. He wasn't just a stutterer. He had anger issues. You don't even know. I see most people stutterer. Yes, Moses stuttered. And uh, now he was running. And he found himself in the desert called Midian for 40 years. Another 40 years in the desert of Midian. And that became a womb again. He ran away from destiny. Satan wanted to kill him all over again. How many of you that sit in this place feels the same way just when I think I've got my destiny? I see it before me. Something comes against me and I'm derailed completely. And I find myself where I was 40 years ago. God had a destiny and a plan for Moses, but all hell was breaking out against him. Moses, um, I want you to do me a favor, Boston. Can you just... So Moses had ran away in a desert. And I, I, want you to think, I want you to think about this. Now, he left the palace in, in a desert. And in the desert... In the desert, he found God. 40 years in a desert. And suddenly, the Bible says he saw a burning bush. But this bush is burning and burning and burning. And he says, I need to, I need to inquire what is this. And as he was supposed, as he was walking close to the bush, he heard a voice say, Don't draw near. Remove the sandals from your feet. For the place that you are standing is holy ground. The place of your defeat shall become holy ground. I, I need to say this to somebody on this side. The place of your defeat shall become the place called holy ground. Satan thought, I am going to destroy his destiny. He's on the run for 40 years. But what Satan did not know, God was using this because all things works together for the good of those who love him and is called according to his plans and his purposes. Satan thought the desert is going to take his mind off the destiny. But what God was saying, the desert will teach him, I'm a personal God. I am the great I am, the rock of ages. Come on, the hiding place, the cleft of the rock. I am him. Because in Egypt, Moses did not know God. He didn't. And I'll, I'll tell you why. When he heard a voice speak out of the burning bush, he said, oh, light, say for instance, I go to Israel. Who do I say has sent me? He didn't know him. He said, you tell Pharaoh, I am. <laughs> 
Are you healer? I am. Are you provision? I am. I am that I am. Why does he call himself I am that I am? Because he knew 2,000 years after there will be people that says, Lord, are you still the healer? I am that I am. I was and I is. I am the same yesterday, today and forevermore. You tell Pharaoh, the unchanging one is sending me to you. Let my people go. Satan tried to derail him from his destiny. But God says, in the desert is where you will find me. When nobody's around, when you're alone like this, fighting all of hell. When you don't know what to do no more, you don't know where to turn to. You don't even have a number that you can dial and just say, help me. It's in that place where the devil whispers, you finished, you threw. It's in that place where God says, I have drawn you near to myself. This is not just desert, this is holy ground. Holy ground is that place of visitation, that place of help, that place, listen, it's then that place where he said, I am the great I am, the hiding place. This is why the psalmist knew what he was saying when he said, you are my hiding place. This is why the psalmist knew what it means to be hidden in Christ and hidden under the rock. Because the desert is not where it ends. It's a revelation of your destiny and your purpose. Jesus went through a desert. You have the, the decision to make. Do I camp in the desert or do I walk through? Most people camp in the desert and say, this is this. But in the desert, in the loneliest of hours, my God, you better hear me. When, it's, when you stand like this, you only hear His voice. You only hear Him. Somebody better hear me. The hell that was breaking out against you is because Satan knew that there's a purpose. If I can just stop Wayne, if I can just get him one day not to trust in God, I can have him. But God says, you can't have him. I have purchased him. I have redeemed him with my own precious blood. And then you pull through the desert and you know, Lord, why? Why am I here? To reveal himself. Most times in the palace, you enjoy the benefits of the palace. But when you're out in the desert, it's just you. Again, the palace was the place of comfort. The desert is a hard place. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jacob slept on a hard place. Then he saw heavens opened. On a hard place. I'm speaking to the people that says, there's a hard place now. Lift those hands if you say, this life experience a hard place now. That's a place of open heavens. That's a place where God reveals Himself to you. You better hear me. Nothing that has come against you came unnoticed. He's so personal that He knows exactly what to do. If it was not for His grace and His mercy, you would have not sitting here this morning. But because of His grace and His mercy, you are still here. Who will I say have seen me? You tell them I am that I am. The unchanging one. The one who said the same yesterday, today and forever. You tell him I have sent him. Moses went on. He said, Lord, I can't even speak. God says, don't you think I've made your mouth? Don't you think I, I can speak for you? Just go, I'll be with your mouth. And here's what Moses said. Now listen, he had an encounter. Then he said, I will not go. Unless you go. A lot of people is in a lot of places that don't even know that God's not there. I, I spoke to a pastor. I saw a pastor. He's got a church. I saw him on Tuesday. I saw him in a, in a, in a mug and bean. I sat with him and I spoke to him. And uh, just before I was supposed to leave, the Holy Spirit started stirring me. And I started speaking to him about Jesus. That's what I did. I just spoke to him about my best friend. And as I started speaking, tears came down his eyes and he started shouting in the mug and bean, I have to repent. I have to repent. He said, I have a method. I don't have him. People in the mug and bean looks at us. One guy pulls his chair closer just to hear what we say. He said, I've never heard this revelation of Jesus in 10 years. 
He's just never, not in 10 years have I, has he become so real in just a few seconds. He said, I've missed it all along. And he, he didn't just shout once. He shouted over and over. I have, I, he said, I have to leave you now. I have to repent. He said, my church is functioning, but I don't have him. He said, I was preaching about somebody I, not, I never knew. This is the problem people want. Have him here. They don't want to have him here. My God. of your defeat I thank God for all the times I was lonely that's where he revealed himself to me a lot of people think that you have to go to a university for 10 years to study theology well I can tell you one instance in the presence of God changes everything everything do me a favor I want you to lift your hands Lord, what I feel, what I feel right now, reveal it to your people, I pray. The place of your defeat shall become holy ground. God allowed the desert so that he can remind you he is the I am that I am. He's here. He's here. Nothing happens until there's a holy hunger. Nothing happens until there's a, a somebody that pushes through the crowds and say, Lord, I'm not leaving as I came. You say what you face is real. He's more real. lift your hands quickly I pray Lord that your God glory shall cover your people like a blanket right now and you will touch each one of them right now by your power my God come and he's touching you right now such a presence of heaven.